the Colby Daniels Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Hope you're having a great week. The NBA and Major League Baseball are both right around the corner. We're going to talk a lot of NBA today, the bubble, as well as the Oklahoma City Thunder, and just what this season potentially means for the NBA in 2021 as well. So, uh, fun episode today, as I'm joined by a familiar voice, someone you all should know, and I'm excited to catch up with him. So, here we go. Episode 7 of the Colby Daniels Podcast. My guest today is the one and only, you know him as Mr. Davis. He is Aaron Davis. Aaron, what's going on today? Not much. It's been a long time since I've spoken into a microphone. I, uh, I, I don't know if I remember how to do it. Has it been a while? It has. What been, have you been uh, doing? What the hell have you been doing every day? You know, just uh, a little <laughs> bit of this, a little bit of that. Just trying to uh, live some quarantine life, but not, you know, be completely miserable. Uh, I've got no sports to watch. I've been watching soccer a lot lately, which is fine, but it's, I don't know. It's not the same because they play all their games at 9 a.m. And, you know, I'm, I don't yeah. really wake up at 9 a.m. that often, but it's all things considered, it's been pretty good. I've tried to do the soccer thing. I just can't get into it. It's even without sports. I've tried to do the soccer thing. It doesn't work. I've tried to do the NASCAR thing. Can't get into it that way. It's just, like I've been geeked out on the UFC, but in in fairness, I've I've always been a UFC fan, so it's just kind of allowed me to become more of a fan without the other distractions of like football and baseball and basketball. But yeah, I can't I can't do the soccer, man. I look, I get it. Soccer is one of those sports where uh, I look. I was on team. Soccer is the worst sport ever. It's so boring. I don't know how people can sit there for two hours and watch a soccer match. I got into it. I love soccer now. Completely, like, full honesty, I love soccer. It's one of my favorite things to watch. But without a crowd, it's so boring. It The crowd in soccer is one of the, the aspects of it that makes it so fun and so interesting because you, you get that college football atmosphere with, you know, soccer clubs, and they're European, and they're weird and quirky and do these odd things. If there's no crowds, man, I don't. I wouldn't be able to get into it if I wasn't already into it. And then NASCAR, I, mean, I, could, I, I guess if you want to watch these guys drive around in circles for four <laughs> hours, by all means, go for it. But there's a thousand things on Netflix and Hulu that I'd rather watch. Well, I've watched so many Lightning McQueen races that uh, I feel like that's that's hit my my racing quota for a lifetime. Right. That's more entertaining anyway. It absolutely Unless, is more entertaining. The, the best part about NASCAR is when two drivers get in a fist fight after the fight or after the race. Yeah, yeah, I I can't do it, and so you know I love the World Cup. It's one of my favorite events, and to your point about the the crowd, like that is a big element of why the World Cup is so great because people are are so into it. But yeah, even without sports, I can't find myself gravitating to these things that I wasn't really into before. I don't blame you. Uh, I I just I don't know how I'm gonna feel to be honest. Like I'm gonna be excited when sports come back, but it. It's going to be like getting barbecue that's kind of overcooked. Like, it's it's not bad. Like, I'll eat the brisket, even if it's a little burnt, but I know it could just be so much better. And I know that watching a 60-game MLB season with no crowd, I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't know. It's just not going to be the same. And I, I think that I'm going to watch it the whole time knowing that this could be so much better. Well, I mean, if you're used to watching Tampa Bay Rays games, then it'll be just 
just like any standard game. (laughs) That's fair. The uh, Marlins and Rays are taking no hit whatsoever (laughs) on their average crowds. I can't decide what the NBA is going to look like. I'm, I'm super intrigued to just figure out the optics of the whole thing and, and how we're going to adjust to what that looks like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I am excited to have games all day. So at least, you know, we could wake up at 10 a.m. watch an NBA game. They'll watch one at two and six and it'll pass the time. But I don't know because I don't know how interested a lot of these players are going to be into playing these games. I mean, we've seen them complain a lot. They've been bitching nonstop since they got to the hotels about their food and, you know, the rooms and living situation, all this stuff. It's, I feel like there's going to be a situation where we're just going to see dudes not giving it a hundred percent every, every game, just because of the situation they're in and they're taken away from the lifestyles they're used to, which is stupid that they're complaining about it in my opinion, but I don't know. I'm going to watch obviously, but I don't know what to expect. It's, I guess that's one exciting thing about sports right now is they're going to, they're going to start playing games soon and we literally have no idea what they're going to be like. Yeah, that's the that's the intriguing part to me. And and I you know, with the NBA, I think the other thing that will be very evident is we'll find out like what players and what teams actually believe that they have a chance. Right? Because I mean, everybody's going to tell you that that they have a chance to to win it all and you know, everybody does the like one, two, three championship break. Like <laughs> you know, it's just like that, hey, if we just really try hard, maybe we'll win. That's not necessarily the case. And I think it's going to be evident in terms of how many teams there are in this thing that that really show us that they, they know they don't really have a chance. Look, I mean, they're already showing the cards. Dave Lillard showed his cards a month and a half ago that he has absolutely no faith that, the, that Portland could ever win a title. Yeah, much or, or, or potentially even, you know, end up being in the playoff scenario. Right. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, based on what I've learned over the past week on social media, uh, Woj's job security is in uh, serious risk to an Instagram model because the Instagram models are going to have the best inside sources in the NBA bubble. <laughs> and we there's no, there's no way to know what any of these teams are going to look like three and a half weeks into the season because they're probably all going to catch COVID. I was disappointed that Woj wasn't the one that broke the news of his own suspension. That would have been super meta, I, you know, if Woj could have broke that. But, yeah, I mean, look, Russell's got COVID. Uh, Westbrook, uh, James Harden flew in on his own flight. Like, he's probably got COVID, let's be honest. He's probably still frequently frequenting the strip club, so he probably is going to be out. There's, like, there's no telling. Like, half of the stars that are left in the NBA for the rest of the season might be, end up missing a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks of the season. And it's... I, I don't know. I I guess my bet would be on the Lakers because LeBron probably isn't going to go out and do anything stupid, and he might be the only good player left by October. Yeah, I think there are probably like four or five teams that feel like they have a chance, and the, the players on those teams probably are taking this thing very serious. Uh, I don't know if you saw the images of, uh, I think it was Lou Williams and uh, Patrick Beverly, like, like, teach, like learning how to fish in the hallway of the hotel. <laughs> I didn't see that. Like, I did see... Uh, Go ahead. It, 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 those guys obviously are taking it ser- so seriously, in fact, that they're like learning how to fish in a hallway of a hotel room. So, or a, or a hotel. So, 
Um, you, I, I'm not worried did, about the Clippers or the Lakers, but it's, you know, like you, you mentioned Damian Lillard or, you know, anybody that plays for the Orlando Magic, for instance. Like, those dudes know that they have zero chance. Uh, the guy from, was it Sacramento that left the bubble to go pick up food? Like, that dude knows he's not winning a championship. Did you, uh, did you see Ben Simmons fishing? I didn't, no. Uh, uh, you need to you need to look it up. He's got a fish. Uh, he just got it. He's showing off for the camera, and he literally just drops it on the side of the boat. <laughs> Classic Ben Simmons three point shot misses it by fifteen feet. It's it's a it's a hilarious video, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you're right. There's a few teams that know that they've got a chance, and so they're going to take it serious and. There's going to be teams like the Magic and the Suns who the players just don't want to be there. I, I think that's the biggest point is you're asking these guys like Devin Booker and I don't know, whoever, Terrence Ross, whoever's on the Magic, to leave their normal lives in their million-dollar houses and their, their easy lifestyles in their home and go stay in some crappy hotel, eat some crappy food for what, three, like two and a half, three months? You're asking them to do that? Why would they care? They're going to leave. They're probably going to leave the bubble. They're going to go get COVID. And the whole situation, I, I really do think in a couple of months, like it's, I don't know if they're going to finish the season because I don't think they're going to be able to keep all these players in that bubble, especially on the teams that don't have a chance. And it's, I, I mean, how do you, if a guy goes out, if Devin Booker goes out to a club in Orlando, sneaks it out, contracts COVID, and then he plays a game the next day and doesn't tell anybody that he left. I mean, how do you stop that? I mean, the NBA really missed here with with not hiring some sort of entertainment agency to bring into the bubble out of the gate. Right. They've got what? They've got PlayStation 4s with NBA 2K, and they can play cornhole and go fishing. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I meant like, like entertainment. No. Oh, well, tr- yeah. They have to bring their own entertainment in now. <laughs> right. Yeah, like they're like two days into the bubble, that Instagram model is is tweeting that she's already been invited. Like, there's, it. it I won't be surprised if there's a, a massive spread very quickly because if it makes its way in, these people are all spending time together inside the bubble. It's going to spread very quickly. Um, I my my biggest question is, like, people are leaving as soon as their season is over, right? Like, nobody's sticking around. So, it may be a situation where at least. After the first couple weeks, you're going to have people leaving, and it's going to condense itself a little bit, at least, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, can you trust these kids? How many How many of these NBA players are 21 years old, 22 years old? I think they care about staying in the bubble. They want to go out and have fun, especially if they play on the, like we said, the crappy teams. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I honestly don't know that they're going to finish the season. I don't know that there's going to be – I, I don't know what to expect. I, I'm confident that the Major League Baseball could finish their season because I, I think that they're stubborn enough to just ignore a lot of the issues. But the NBA is going to be interesting. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the Lakers and Clippers probably, though, like you said, probably the favorites because uh, I, I think the leaders on those teams, Kawhi and LeBron, are just boring enough that they can convince the other players to not do something stupid. I forgot who it was yesterday, but somebody said that they weren't going to snitch if they saw somebody, like, leaving the bubble. Who are the players that are most likely to snitch 
if they see players leaving the bubble? Most likely to snitch. Um, Tristan Thompson. Is he, is he invited? Did Cleveland get invited? I don't think so. No, no. D'Angelo Russell. He's the snitch. He's the one that snitches. D'Angelo Russell. There you go. He number one guy that's going to snitch is D'Angelo Russell. Um, is is Minnesota there? I I don't, I don't think Minnesota don't made it. Now that I think uh, about that. Yeah, Minnesota is not in. So, you know what? He's going to have to have an inside source. (laughs) D'Angelo Russell is going to hire an Instagram model to go in there, and she's going to be his inside source, and he's going to start snitching guys out left and right. Who is somebody that D'Angelo Russell played with? Did he play with, um, like, Brandon Ingram when they were in LA? LA. Were they in LA together? Okay. Yeah. So there you go. That might be. There's his inside source. I do think it's stupid, though, that what. Why, if, if you're the NBA, why are you inviting the Pelicans and the Kings and the Suns? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I know that they invited them because technically they were still in the playoff race when the season stopped, but nobody expects them to do anything. So why, why make the players go into the bubble and just make things more complicated? It just doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, D'Angelo Russell somehow is going to find a way to snitch on some guys. I can see James Harden snitching on some players too. Really? You don't think James Harden's going to be in that group of people that might be sneaking out? Well, if he's sneaking out, but he, you know, tells on somebody else, people are going to think that he's not doing anything <laughs> wrong. I'm not saying that it's well thought out, but I could see James Harden having this mindset. If I tattle on that person, nobody's going to suspect me. Where are we at with Rudy Gobert? Is, uh, he, on, Gobert, is he on Team Snitch or is he on Team Sneak Out? Uh, I think Rudy Gobert is on Team Get Stitches. Because I, if I'm Rudy Gobert... <laughs> I don't know that I'm associating with any of the other players because they might, it might be a bad night for me if I go out and try and socialize with other NBA players. Uh, I don't think he's too liked amongst his, uh, his peers in the league at this point. What were you doing on March 11th? Do you remember? Do you remember where you were? Uh, I think I was at home. I just, I, I don't, I think I was getting ready to watch the, uh, the jazz and the thunder game. I, I watched uh, Yeah. I watched the game and then watched, I, I guess it was the next day. Was it the next day that they canceled the season or did, was it the night of the thunder jazz? Game? It was the night of the game. They never started the game. It was delayed ne- okay. like a couple yeah, times. Was, it, it, that was also the day that the big 12 tournament had started. So there was, I was at chalk watching I forget who was even playing, but the opening Big 12 tourney game, it might have been like Oklahoma State, Iowa State maybe. Um, but I am I was watching that game, and, and I was going to watch the Thunder game there as well, and it gets delayed, it gets delayed, it gets delayed, and then the news breaks, and it was just, it was so surreal to sit there and just like kind of like experience sports being shut down in a sports bar as you're like watching, you know, the whole thing just kind of unfold. Yeah, I was going to watch the game. I was at home, and I remember, uh, you know, looking at Twitter and seeing that the game was delayed. And by this point, you know, the rumors had already started circulating about Rudy Gobert uh, testing positive. He did the thing where he touched all the mics, and, you know, he's kind of making a joke of the situation. So I, I wasn't surprised that it was turning out the way that it turned out that night. But I, I watched coverage all night. I followed on Twitter. I remember Royce Young just – being doing ESPN hits every yeah. five minutes, it yeah. seemed like for like six hours from the you know the the tunnels of the of the Chesapeake, 
which in itself was bizarre to watch. I mean, I had spent countless hours. I'd been to hundreds of games in that, in that arena and stood in those same tunnels and to watch the entire sports world, American sports world in the NBA shut down in the tunnels that I walked for no doubt. years. It was very bizarre, but yeah, I don't know. You have to, uh, I, I think that Rudy Gobert gets a bad rap. He's an idiot, obviously. And he, he played it off pretty stupid, but it was inevitable. Whether it was Rudy Gobert or somebody else, it was going to happen. The NBA was going to get shut down. You're absolutely right. It was going to happen. Somebody in the NBA was going to get it, and somebody was going to be that guy that was the first one to to get tested and test positive and, and be the one that shuts it all down. Unfortunately, Rudy Gobert's that guy, and that's one of those things that will he'll probably never shake that in his entire career. Like I don't, short of winning like an MVP and and a and being a Finals MVP. Like, I don't know that he'll ever be remembered for anything more than being the guy that shut down sports in the United States. No, definitely not. I mean, even his teammates, even the guys that he has dressed in the locker room with and played hundreds of NBA games and busted his ass with, they don't like him. They they want nothing to do with him at this point. Donovan Mitchell has been very, I mean, he was very vocal about how upset he was with with Rudy Gobert. He's, He's getting outed by his own teammates. I can't imagine that some other team is going to openly welcome him into their locker room. He's going to get another, I mean, he's going to be on another team. He's well, he's probably, he's what the best defensive player in the NBA, at least the best, you know, defensive uh, front court player. So he's going to get paid and he's going to get a contract, but yeah, he's, I, everybody is going to kind of stink eye him for the rest of his career. Because like you said, I mean, he's, he is the one, he's the one that tested positive. He's the one that kind of, uh, he, he knew that he might have COVID and he didn't take it serious. He was messing around with his teammates, messing with their stuff. And I mean, he, whether he did it intentionally or just however he thought it out in his head, he, he was, he's the one that shut down American sports, even though it, it was inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was going to be that guy. It was just, you know, it was Rudy Gobert and, uh, and, and I don't know that he'll ever shake that you know whether it's his fault or not there there may have been other people that that were positive at the time as well he's just the guy that tested positive first and and began the whole thing um it, it, are the utah jazz the team that you want in the first round i mean because of that inner turmoil i'm de- well no i'd rather play the suns or the kings in the first round well but yeah i mean the lakers and the clippers are getting teams. those teams okay. right yeah right uh yeah i mean i'd be happy to play the jazz um before the season started, they were one of my picks to win the West. I thought that they had an amazing offseason. Mike Conley's been a disappointment. Uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say with the injuries and the age, he's he's past his prime. He's not the Mike Conley that we watched in Memphis a few years ago. But, you know, I love the addition of, uh, of Conley, though, coming off the bench. I think Joe Ingles is a very good player. Mitchell's great. But now, yeah, I don't, I don't know that they trust each other. And I don't know if it's going to be a situation where Quinn Snyder has to limit the minutes of Rudy Gobert just to kind of keep the team chemistry up. But who knows? Maybe Rudy Gobert doesn't even play uh, in the bubble because of the team chemistry issues. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. Uh, as far as the jazz, I, the Rockets are up there. I'd hell, I'll take, give me the Rockets right now because Westbrook tested positive for COVID. He's going to be out for a little while. Um, I don't know how I don't know if James Harden's going to last a bit. Like I said earlier, because you know how he is, he's kind of wild out there. But I don't. I didn't think the Rockets were that good going into uh, the stoppage of the season, just because they're playing so small and 
if you can force them to shoot three pointers, you're going to beat them because they just don't have the quality three point shooters that they that they need to have to win in the playoffs at this point. Especially with what Westbrook at point guard, he's going to he's going to do what he's going to do, even if he was a little bit better this season about his uh, shot selection in the second half. But yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, the Jazz are probably up there for sure as team. I the Spurs. I I give me the Spurs too. Yeah, give for me sure. Grizzlies. Yeah, for there's sure. a lot of teams. Like I'm looking at the the teams that are invited to the bubble and there might be three teams out of the west i legitimately think could win the title and it's the la teams in denver dude zion looks uh shredded have you seen him i haven't i haven't seen any pictures of him. i saw him dunking the other day that the pelicans tweeted or on twitter or instagram post or something i think the but... nba probably told him we're gonna do our part and we're gonna give you a favorable path to potentially make the postseason but you got to do your part and get your body right because he looks yeah. stacked. Look, he came in too. He uh, he had that gumbo belly after the draft last year. Coming into the season, he had a little bit of a, a little little Cajun food hangover, <laughs> I guess. But uh, apparently, you know, he's eating so he's eating bags of Doritos and uh, you know prepackaged salads now. So it's helping him lose that body fat. Zion and I have gone in completely different directions since COVID hit. He's he's become shredded, and I've got the I've got the belly now. Look, at, look. There's not a lot of things to do for entertainment these days. Eating some delicious food <laughs> that we probably shouldn't be eating <laughs> has moved to the top of the list for me. I can't go to the movies. I can't go to a concert. I can't go to a sporting event. Know what I can do? I can't order. Yeah. Three large pizzas. <laughs> Bro, every my biggest problem. I work out almost every day. The problem is, I like every day. I'm like, today's the day. I'm gonna get it on track. And so I get my workout in and I'm feeling good. And then by like six o'clock in the evening, I've just been bored all day. And I'm ready to, like you said, eat a couple of pizzas and some wings and breadsticks. And so I end up like eating double the amount of calories that I actually burned in the workout. And so I'm going in the wrong direction despite getting workouts in daily. Well, it's, it's a shitty problem. problem to have, man. It's a shitty yeah, problem to have. I have, I'm the same way. Cause my biggest problem is there's always tomorrow. I can just start the diet tomorrow. Like what's, what's one more pizza going to do? Because for the next three months, I'm going to be eating like I'm an Olympic athlete. <laughs> There's nothing preventing me from starting it tomorrow. Right. I can do it. Tomorrow is it. Tomorrow is a perfect day. I've already, you know, I've already, you know, I've already had a little bit of chocolate today. I've already had a soda. I might as well just start tomorrow and just let today live. Four months of tomorrow's. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you this though, and this is was an immediate thought of that I had for the NBA, um, potentially for Major League Baseball. Do you think that it's worth the risk that they're going to put future seasons in at, like the NBA, for example, they're going to finish their season in October, and I guess the plan is probably to start around Christmas and sometime in December. How how do they write? How do they fix? their scheduling issue is every NBA season from now on just going to start in December or are they going to ask them again next summer to turn around and have a short off season? I, I'm very confused and I think it's kind of stupid to put the next 10 seasons at risk for this one half season. I think the, the there's so much money to be made not just for the teams, but I mean, for there, I mean, there are just so many individuals that are impacted by whether financially 
by whether or not basketball happens. I mean, think about just team personnel. Think about television networks, people that work for television networks. I mean, it, it's a it's a massive umbrella of people this impacts if there is no basketball. So I think that they should do their very best to make it happen. And if it has to impact potentially next season, either running short, like you have a maybe late start and then you cut the season down a little bit so that you finish on time, or you have to, you know, in some way have one more off season that's, that's longer than this one, but not as long as you regularly get to kind of get things back on track, that's okay. Now, to your point, if this ends up impacting like four or five seasons or beyond that, then that's when I think you you have to ha- seriously have the conversation about just saying, you know what, maybe it's best that we just shut it down so we can, you know, we're not putting multiple years in jeopardy. But I think they, they feel confident that, you know, potentially this impacts two seasons and by, you know, the 20... 22 season we're we're back on track and and you know I think college football is kind of looking at it that way too maybe this impacts this year and and you know in some way next season but if it gets I mean you you have there's a deadline where I think there's a you, you cross a threshold where it's you know the the ramifications of going forward just go f- way too far down the line and at that point I think you probably have to pull the cord I think for the NBA, I, I think that you kind of nailed it. I think the only solution in my mind, at least, is you have to play a short season next year too. Like next season has, if you start in December, it has to end on a normal schedule. The finals have to end in yeah. June because if you if you play an 82-game season next year, your two options are either you're asking these guys to play four games a week, five games a week, you're probably asking them to play three nights in a row. And then you get in a situation like you had with the last time that they had a lockout and it like, it was a disaster as far as the amount of games that they were asking these players to play. Not, not the last time. I think it was in 90, uh, the 99 lockout, 98 lockout that they did this, but regardless, you're asking the players to play a lot of games, which is going to upset them, or you're going to play a normal 82 game season. You're going to end late and then you're going to ask them to return in October with a month off, and that's going to piss them off too. So, yeah, I think the only the only resolution to keeping your union happy if you're the NBA is you have to play 50 games next season, and you have to keep them on a normal schedule like they're used to, end in June, and let them get back to you know a two-and-a-half, three-month offseason and get back to starting in October, playing 82 games and kind of get back on track. If they don't do that, I – I really think there's going to be a lockout. The union's going to be pissed and it's going to be a big issue because the NBA, I mean, we're finding out right now, a lot of these guys don't want to be doing what they're doing as far as the bubble goes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The NBA has the best off season in sports, right? Oh, by far. It's the most entertaining at least now, especially the first day of free agency is the best day of any sports off season. Think about what, this whole thing will look like in a few months where we have the final game of the NBA Finals. Like a week later, we have the NBA Draft. Like a week after that is the first day of free agency. And then like not, I mean, a, a couple weeks after that, teams are reporting reporting to, you know, training camp or whatever they call it in the NBA. Um, but like imagine the Kawhi scenario a year ago where potentially the dude is winning Toronto a championship and within two weeks he's on another team 
Like it wasn't as impactful because there was, you know, a, a period of time that was able to pass before Kawhi joined the Clippers. But imagine a two-week period where a guy potentially wins a championship, is a free agent, and like 13 or 14 days later, he's he's in another uniform. That would be mind-blowing. You know it's going to happen. You know, you like there, you have to be stupid not to think that there is so much tampering going on in the bubble. Absolutely. That it's not, it's going to be nonstop tampering, especially, uh, you know, if Rich Paul actually got into the bubble, you know, he is talking to every single player, not just the players that are going to be free agents this summer or well, this fall, I guess, technically, but the free agency class in 2021 is stacked and every single player in there is tampering. Every single coach is talking to the players. It's like it's wild west season in the NBA as far as free agency and trading and all this stuff goes. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I will admit that like that is one positive in my mind out of the NBA bubble is we know that there's crazy tamper. Like the NBA yeah. is going to look wild in yeah. two years. Well, and it's not just the free agency period that's going to happen, but I, I think that there's a big chance that we see a bunch of blockbuster trades during that same time period. Because again, everything is, is squeezed into this tiny time period that you know you're you kind of have to just make decisions and and move forward rather than the normal NBA timeline where you just have so much time to evaluate things all of this is sped up to such a rapid pace you know you like you evaluate one thing and it goes the other way you don't have time to just wait and see like i i the the period of time between the end of the NBA finals the draft free agency and the start of the next season i think is going to be as bizarre as we've ever seen and it's going to be like front row seat type stuff yeah i mean who knows there might be teams that need to cut payroll too they just they need to offload their star player because of the shortened season and everything that happened it's yeah it's gonna be wild it's gonna be a that's, lot to that's keep up a with. great point that is a really great point because we don't necessarily often think about the financial ramifications for these teams because they you know they make so much money but i mean they're feeling it like a lot of other people, not in the same way, but certainly, you know, that could have an impact on teams wanting to be in the luxury tax versus, you know, in normal years, maybe they're okay with it. This time around, probably not the case. Right. And I mean, these NBA teams, they, if you look at all the people that they staff, I mean, they have to, hundreds of people that are under their umbrella, their payroll umbrella. If you're the owner and you're looking at all these front office people, all these, uh, you know, ticket people all these uh customer service type people and you got to figure out how to pay them and then you've got devin booker on the books making 30 million dollars i mean how do you justify paying that one guy 30 million dollars and not being able to pay 50 employees or i mean i'm not saying they'll or pay that one guy that dollars. amount of money and still know that that you're you have no chance of really making a Winning. serious push yeah. right Right, and if there's any point, if you're the Suns or the Magic or any of those teams that are kind of on that Mendoza line of kind of being maybe they're good, but they kind of suck, now's the time to just suck. Like, nobody's going to – no fans are going to hold it against you if you say, you know what, it's time to just blow it up. There was like, ever think, a rebuild year. Yeah, you're right. Right. I, I think if this would have happened last year and the Thunder lost Russell West, traded Russell Westbrook, lost Paul George – I don't know that they go and good. I don't know if they look at this season as the, what did Presti say, a retool year. I mean, it might have been a situation where you could justify a full rebuild because the shortened season, everything's crazy. You can use financials because of COVID as an excuse for yeah. your fans. 
like I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see guys like Devin Booker uh, get traded. Maybe Buddy Hill finally gets moved. I don't know if I call him a superstar, but he's on a big contract on a, a mediocre team. Yeah, I you know, the Thunder were in such an interesting situation because I still feel like if things didn't go well, they're probably shipping some of these dudes out. But, you know, to their credit, everything came together perfectly. This team had amazing chemistry. They played their asses off and and you know, it worked really well. And so there like there was no there was no reasonable way to potentially sell your fans on breaking up this group. If it had not gone as well, I absolutely believe that that you know two or three of the notable faces on this team are are maybe no longer here. Uh, so, it, it you know a team like the Thunder going into this scenario where we're talking about definitely some guys that have contracts coming up, I think that's an, a really interesting thing to to kind of evaluate as as we weigh how all of this is going to work out with the condensed season and then you know potentially what that looks like next year as well with with maybe another condensed season and look at this point we don't even know that fans are going to be allowed at the games next season right so yeah i mean there's a lot of unknowns for those front offices to take into consideration when they're looking at their payrolls and trying to figure out is this the year that we really need to like we said go into that luxury tax if there was ever a time to have a great GM, this is probably the time, right? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to work some magic. If, if We know Presti is good, but this is going to be the coup de grace, so to speak. His, <laughs> his ultimate painting, if he can figure out a way to continue what they built this year into next year. Because, I mean, who knows? Chris Paul may be gone. Uh, Gallinari is probably gone into free agency. Who knows what it looks like next year? It could be a completely different team than what we're used to this year. Who knows what it looks like when they come back and start playing again? Like honestly, that's no. I am I think the Thunder are one of the top 5 or so storylines as we reboot the season. If for no other reason than you look at the amount of success they had in the regular season, they were probably the biggest surprise in the NBA because everybody including myself didn't think that they were a playoff team, much less a team that had an opportunity to be a, you know, a first round home court advantage type team. And to their credit, they came together and found chemistry before a lot of other teams in the NBA because this was a year that we really saw, I think, the landscape of the league change significantly across the board. Like every team, it seemed like, shook things up and had new pieces coming in. So um, the Thunder, I think, to their credit, were able to find that chemistry before a lot of teams. The Thunder also, because I think when you look at the makeup of that team and how many guys either needed to kind of prove themselves to the Thunder or maybe prove themselves to the rest of the NBA because their stock was down. Um, you know, you had a team that was busting their ass and playing hard every single night. Now you get into the scenario where there are eight games in a regular season to get ready for playoff basketball. And my guess is everybody, once again, is going to be searching for that same chemistry. And everybody, if they're really there and believe that they have a chance to make a run are going to be playing with that same sort of, you know, playoff type urgency out of the gate. Those two things taken away, where does that leave Oklahoma City and what do they look like, you know, in terms of competition against teams that are are relatively close in talent? I'm I'm absolutely intrigued to see how that plays out. 
I think the way that everything has played out with the stoppage and COVID, I think it improves the Thunder's chances of winning the Western Conference because, you know, we had that conversation earlier. Like, I, the, the Rockets are going to look completely different. At least, you know, they don't have Russell Westbrook right now. He should be back by the time the season starts if this two-week quarantine goes well. But, I mean, let's be honest. No offense to Oklahoma City. I love Oklahoma City. But if there's a city, according to Pau Gasol, if there's a city that's going to prepare you for bubble life, Oklahoma City's – it's good. It's a good city to start in, <laughs> especially if you're an NBA player. So, I mean, we can't even get meals like at eleven o'clock, right? In downtown, so, yeah, yeah. So they're ready, man. They they have been conditioned <laughs> for bubble life for the past uh, some of some of the players for the past years. Chris Paul at least has been, you know, he's, he he knows how to do it. Uh, Shea, he's there. Danilo's there, but I think it improves their chances because Robertson's back. And look, I. Show me Robertson playing good defense in an actual NBA game against Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, and then that, and then I'll believe it. But Twitter, at least, has been very positive about Robertson at practice and look, saying that he looks good. And uh, Billy said that he looks like pretty much the same guy he was before the injury, but he's he has now been out for two and a half years. Yeah, since, since he last played an NBA game, I need to see it before I believe it. But he's back. They're really healthy. I mean, they really don't have any injuries coming into the uh, the restart of the season. It's great for Chris Paul because you think all the mileage that Chris Paul had put on his body through the first 70 games of the season. And then he got a full offseason, basically. He's coming back completely refreshed. Steven Adams is coming back refreshed. He, you know, he was dealing with some nicks and bruises throughout the season. And, and this applies to all the teams, I know. But the Thunder's best player... I mean, he's, he's back at 100%, you would imagine, coming into the restart. I, I think it only boosts them. I don't like the Jazz anymore. I don't like the Rockets, like I said. I, I don't think the Mavs are there. I, I think the Mavs are good, but I, I just don't think they're ready to compete uh, in a playoff-type situation. Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns, throw them all in the trash. Yeah. I think that puts the that that puts the Thunder is right. I think the Thunder are in the top four teams in the West right now with the Nuggets, Clippers, and Lakers. Yeah, and as, the as East, long as the, the chemistry isn't impacted by all this time off, I'm with you because, I, you know, a lot of the young players that generally would hit that that wall late in the season, yeah. those guys are going to have their batteries recharged. And and for the veterans like Chris Paul and Steven Adams, I mean, those guys needed the break. Steven Adams, I mean, all year long, we were having the conversation, you know, is he hurt? What's wrong with him? He doesn't seem like the same guy. You know, before the the shutdown happened, he was he was looking like his former self. But uh, I'm I'm sure guys like that certainly benefit from uh, all the time off. But yeah, the the chemistry thing to me is the one thing that really made the Thunder I think stand out uh, beyond everybody else. And you know, they're going to have to kind of find that while everybody else is doing the same thing with all with this massive break. Yeah, and look, I, I think that another aspect of the the bubble NBA season is. This is going to be a situation where if you're a good coach, if you're Billy Donovan, Quinn Snyder, uh, Brad, uh, Brad, Do uh, Brad, Brad Stevens, sorry. You're proving that, I mean, this is a time to prove that you're a good coach because you're going to be playing a lot of games in a very condensed uh, amount of time. Players might be in and out. They might test positive one day. They're out for two weeks just randomly. You're not expecting it. Guys are going to get hurt. I think this is a situation where if you're Billy Donovan, you're the Thunder. I mean, we're going to find out how good of a coach he really is because he had started to, you know, turn the doubters around this this season uh, after Russell left because, you know, I, count me in the boat. I didn't think that it mattered. I thought that he was 
just there to manage the personalities. He was doing a bad job, but this year I thought he was doing a great job. Hey, Billy Donovan, if you, uh, if you're going to be one of the best coaches in the NBA, then now's the time to prove it because you're going to have to work rotations. You're going to have to work everything, uh, even more meticulously than you would in a regular season. You know, he's already got to start thinking about the Dennis Schroeder plan as well. Schroeder was as good coming off the bench as maybe anybody in the NBA. And when you look at, he's he's about to have his second child in, I think, three to four weeks. When you look yeah. at the timeline of that, that's, you know, right around the end of the two-week regular season period and right around the start of the playoff period. Um, I, you know, you don't know. He's going to go home for the birth, which I, I completely agree with that decision. Uh, it's one of those things that you never get to experience again, and I wouldn't trade the the experience of the birth of my son for anything. Like it's just it's there's nothing like that. So I I don't blame him one bit uh, for for leaving and and going to be there for the birth of his kid. But it, from a team standpoint, I mean he's such a valuable piece, and and I mean we talked about it, and you brought it up multiple times throughout the season. You know that three guard lineup that they like to close games with he's he's a valuable part of that yeah i mean he's i i don't know what the team looks like because if he's not on if he's not playing who spells chris paul at that point guard position i mean who's who's the guy with the second unit that can consistently score baskets so look if i'm if i'm billy donovan if i'm the thunder i am super stressed out about dennis Schroeder leaving in the middle of the season at the start of the season really because you know he could test pot he could catch covid while he's out hopefully he would he plays it smart you would think if he's in a hospital for the most part that it should be okay i guess but yeah i mean if he tests positive if he could miss the first round of the playoffs and that could be the difference i mean who knows it's like, like you said like i mean he's doing the right thing he should go be there with the birth of his child he didn't know whether it was intentional or not who knows but you know, nine months ago, he didn't know the season was going to be ending. He was assuming that it's the beginning of August. Yeah, I'll sure. be doing nothing. Yeah. I'll have nothing but free time at the beginning of August. So it should work out. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I don't. I keep saying it's going to be interesting, but I just don't know. Like none of us know what to expect. Yeah, it, it'll it'll just be nice to have it back and to uh, to to have something to look forward to. I guess uh, is is the biggest thing for me. So, um, I mean, it's it's professional sports. It's the best athletes in the world. Um, I, it can't suck. I mean, I wouldn't imagine it's going to suck. And, and the whole thing is built for these, for all of these guys to have urgency kind of out of the gate. So, um, you know, unless it's, it's, you know, the Damian Lillard type situation, but even him, I think you get him in that situation and it's going to be such a, you know, the, the bubble situation in general, where all these guys are going to be so close to each other, I think is good. I think once they start playing, it brings out the the competitive nature of all these dudes because they're they're all just going to be around each other. Like nobody wants to be the guy right. that's getting beat by all the dudes that you're hanging around every day. I yeah, Dame Dame for sure isn't going to show up and not play his ass off because I, I mean that's Dame. He's always ha he's the chip on the shoulder guy. He is the epitome of everybody is out to get me. I'm going to prove them all wrong. Player in the NBA, he's always been like that. I mean, he compare him to Russell Westbrook. Compare him to anybody. He always he may not just justify the argument necessarily or you know entertain the argument but he just you can tell by the way he plays that it it offends him when people say that he's not as good as he is yeah or that he's not playing his ass off so yeah i mean there are certain guys i do think though there's going to be the the ninth or tenth guy on the bench that's 
you know, getting paid $800,000 or whatever to be there. That's just like, this is stupid. I don't want to be here. I could be in Cabo right now on a private beach enjoying my life, but I'm stuck <laughs> in Orlando in a bubble eating chips. Yeah. Does, uh, does anybody appreciate this shutdown more than your Houston Astros? Look, it helped me because I was full <laughs> on prepared to just jump off the Astros fan train and yeah. find a new team. I was, I was having conversations with people. I was watching, you know, YouTube videos to see which uh, teams like hype videos got me excited looking at their rosters. Like, man, that's cool. I could, I could wear that hat. I could root for that team. I guess time heals all wounds because there you go. I quit worrying about it. I'm still going to root for the Astros, even though I think not, I, I wasn't disgusted by them cheating because it's baseball. Everybody cheats for the last hundred years. Every team has been trying to find a new way to cheat and get an advantage in the game. Whatever it's, it's cheating. It's baseball. They go hand in hand. The thing that pissed me off about the Astros was just the arrogance that they had when they got caught. The way that Carl, that Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve handled the media, handled those press conferences, it, it cheat all you want, but you got caught. Show some remorse, or at least pretend to have some remorse, and don't just be like a cocky douchebag. It, it was kind that, of the Roger Clemens Barry Bonds type thing, right? Like those dudes yes. handled the whole steroid situation in such a bad way that to this day people haven't forgiven them. Exactly. You got caught, dude. Like you won. Nobody can take away the feeling of you winning it, whether you felt guilty or about it or not, you won the world series. It was something that the Astros hadn't done in 50 years of existence. It felt good as a fan, like them cheating doesn't take away the feeling that I had when they won the world series. Right. I finally watched after 20 years of being a fan, they finally won a world series, but how, how can I watch the Astros play games and just like all the players are so dislikable. They all came off so dislikable in the, in the aftermath that it, it's going to be hard to root for the players. I'm going to root for the team, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know how to feel about baseball right now, to be honest with you, but yeah, good for them. They, nobody is talking about it at this point. I know I followed perfect. an Instagram account like right as right before everything happened. That was basically, they were going to post a video of every Houston Astro that got hit this season. And I was kind of excited for it, to be honest. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, and now uh, we have so, yeah. so many other things to worry about that. Uh, I, you know, I hope that we get back to being able to just be mad at the Astros. Yeah. Look, be <laughs> mad at them. Yeah, simpler times. Right. Right. But, hey, it, the MLB lined it up perfectly though. At least, well, I would say the NBA, MLB lined it up perfectly, but if you're the Astros, the scheduling lined up perfectly because the season's starting basically at the same time with the NBA. Nobody's going to care about the MLB. You're essentially getting NBA playoffs for two and a half months. Yeah, Nobody's going to care about Major League Baseball. They're going to get that first week because they, 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 I think they start like seven days before the NBA, right? Yeah. So they have that first week that they'll kind of have a big spotlight and then, yeah, they're going to take a back seat immediately. The, the World Series is going to be, at least the playoffs, are going to be lining up with the NBA Finals. Like, nobody's going to care at all about Major League Baseball Not this just year. the NBA Finals, are, but potentially... Offseason, yeah. The NBA offseason and football, if if we're watching football at the time. So Speaking of football, you think there's going to be college football? So I've made this argument 
throughout the last couple months, I, I think that we're going to see some form of college football. I don't know that it's going to be anything close to what we're used to. I don't know that I, I, I'm I'm kind of at the point that I've ruled out anybody having a non-conference schedule. I, I'm thinking that it may be just a conference season or maybe it's something that gets pushed to the spring or I, I don't know what it's going to be. But I, I think if I had to bet one way or the other, before the end of the spring semester, I think there will be college football games played. But it might just be something where the conferences just, just have conference champions and we don't even see like a bowl season or we don't see like a playoff scenario uh, because there's there's no real way to, I mean, when when everything is this up in the air and nobody is able to, to kind of play under the same set of rules and, you know, you might have half your team out with COVID one week, like... I don't think there's any way that you could you can just point at four teams and just say these are the most deserving teams when there's this much going on. So I feel like we're going to see football in some capacity. My thought is it's probably just a conference type scenario and you know you just win a conference championship and that that just might be the end of your season, but there's there are too many universities that that their entire livelihood depends on the income from college football that they're going to like I, I think if the if there's massive cases on the West Coast, like OU and Texas and Kansas State and these schools aren't gonna be like, well, we're 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 not gonna play just because you're not playing. Like that sucks for you, but we're still playing our football games. We're still making our money. So um I think that we're gonna see it in some way. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Is with the non conference, there's there's absolutely no way in my mind that you see in Oklahoma play a southwest missouri or whatever the tennessee small, like, that's not yeah. gonna happen yeah those the schools are not gonna pay other schools to come play them it's just not gonna happen i mean we've seen major oklahoma had to make financial cuts so even the big universities that you you would assume and we know they have millions and millions and millions of dollars of revenue that they make from football i mean even they're taking hits right now so them paying another school to come play them not gonna happen i'm i'm like 70 30 70% thinking that there's not going to be college football this season because I Even think in the you're going to get, I, I think you're going to get serious pushback. And I know the NFL, the NFL doesn't control college football, obviously, but you're going to get serious pushback from the NFL about them playing in the spring because that just complicates the entire draft and all the process of getting these, these college athletes into the next level. I, I don't think it's going to happen in the spring. I think best case scenario in my mind is you somehow form these odd temporary conferences where if if you're OU and you're comfortable playing a season this year in the fall you call you you form you get together with 10 other schools and you just kind of form a conference of schools that are going to be playing are willing to play because I really don't think that there's going to be a lot of universities this fall that are going to be comfortable playing um, football just with all of the complications that just go into getting the, you know, say they reduce the rosters to 70 or 80, even just getting those 70 to 80 players, plus the staff, um, plus any other coaches, any other people that are involved in just travel and just getting them from game to game is going to be significantly more complicated. Yeah. It's a massive body count. Right. And then, you know, if a campus is only doing online classes, how do you justify bringing those 80 kids onto campus to live on campus when there's nobody else on campus? I mean, it, 
I, it just makes things so complicated. And there's so many factors to just the daily life of these players that I think there's going to be a lot of universities that just say it's, we're just going to have to take a hit this fall because it, it's not worth the risk to the university to play football. I think that Oklahoma, I think that Michigan, I think schools like that will probably go in, but schools like Iowa state schools like Kansas state. I don't know that those, those kind of mid tier schools are going to be willing to do it. So hell in my mind, let's live this fantasy world for college football for one year. Let's have Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio state, Clemson, Florida. Let's have all, let's have those teams in a conference. And maybe we just have like 40 teams that play college football this year. We just figure out a new format for the year. Yeah, if there was ever a time to potentially fix the landscape of college football, this is it. I mean, you know, we we always talk about what super conferences could mean and that there are there are too many there are too many teams in Division 1 anyway for it to be a fair playing field. And and we know that it's not. It's I mean, th- if you're not in a Power 5 conference, you have literally next to zero chance to win a national championship. Like you just don't. Like that's just the way it is. So why are you playing in the same tier as as these other teams? Like, if there was ever a time right. that they maybe like reshuffle the deck and figure out a way to do this in a in a better way, this this might be the time for that to happen. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, that's if you're Fresno State. I mean, what? what right, Fresno can't to, win a to national play football. title. Yeah, right. They can't they can't win a national title if there's no fans in their stadium. They're not gonna. I mean, how much revenue are they making from the broadcast? Probably not that much. Probably not enough to justify the risk. They're they're still so, extremely dependent on football as for sure. as a revenue source for sure. But you know, in terms of like, it just to me it sucks that there's this idea that they're they're they they have next to no shot at winning a national championship. Like that should be everybody's goal when you show up on day one and and you know like you've played sports, you show up on day one and the coach has like the season goals written on the whiteboard, and everybody's number one goal should be you know win every game, win a national championship, and, and be the best in the sport. And just the way that college football is designed with that many teams and and no conference is created equal. I mean, no, no conferences, all conferences have different amount of teams and different strengths. And like, there are just teams that, that legitimately have zero chance to reach the highest level. And it just doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, I agree. It's You're never going to get the recruits. You're never going to get top recruits. Maybe you have an Ed Oliver situation where you can convince one top-level recruit to go to a school that has no chance of winning anything yeah. of significance outside of a conference title. But yeah, like it yeah, works for college basketball because you know sixty-eight teams make their postseason. Right, and in college basketball too, one guy can make the difference. Absolutely, yeah. College, college football, football, like football, we're talking about yeah. four teams, four teams out of one hundred and thirty. But you four teams and the four team can't even compete with the other three. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. But yeah, I think if there's ever a time to restructure, this is it. So um but yeah, I, I and I'm convinced the NFL's happening. Is or isn't? Is. Yeah, oh the NFL's gonna happen. This the NFL it, there's too much money in just the broadcasting deals that the teams are perfectly fine. I mean if the there teams- if there's no college football, having NFL Saturdays and Sundays may be just unreal. I'm for it. Uh, the NFL, if there's one sport outside of baseball that that cr- you could probably take the crowd away, there's a lot of NFL teams where the fans don't go, don't make that big of a difference. So yeah. I think at least from a viewing perspective, it won't be that big of a difference. 
I think there's probably something to be said for the players, maybe, you know, being able to get that energy from the crowd in some situations, but yeah, I'm for NFL Saturday and Sunday because I, I like college football, but I love the NFL. I, I just, the product to me is just, it's easier to watch. I, I can turn on any NFL game right now and be entertained. I can't do the same thing for college football. I can't, I can't turn on Akron and, Toledo and have the same level of entertainment that I would have watching, you know, the Bengals and the Browns. Well, that's just because by Tuesday you're worn out on, on football. That's fair. They are playing on a they're, Tuesday. They're I'm playing on those. Yeah. Stuff. Those teams are playing on Tuesdays. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's my football night off in the fall Tuesday. No action for you, dude. After Monday night football, like that's Tuesday's my day off. And then Wednesday I reset and start getting amped up for the next week. And then Thursday you're off again. Yeah, I hear you, especially, you know, we always covered college football, so yeah. Sunday was our day off. <laughs> kind of, but I'm, I'm like a massive kind, Cowboys well, fan, so my Sunday's literally built around stressful. whenever yeah. the Cowboys play, yeah. Right. I say day off, but I'm still spending <laughs> 10 hours watching football <laughs> Absolutely, on Sunday. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just my day off where I don't have to work, but I'm still watching football basically from the time I get up until it's no longer on television. Right, wow. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Can you I'll, imagine two days of that, though? I'd be heaven. It'd be amazing, I would, yeah. I, I would be single, let's be honest. I I would be kicked to the curb if I was watching <laughs> f- football all day Saturday and Sunday at home, at least before I had an excuse that I had to go to work one that, of the days. Yeah, that just means like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you've got to put serious work in at home to get oh, to, to like build up enough good grace to give yourself 48 hours of NFL over the weekend. I guess, I guess it's worth it. I can uh, I can cook some dinner or do something nice. Yeah. I, look, I, I, I'll do it. If it takes me oh, the entire me. week to, to win me enough good grace to watch the NFL all day Saturday and, and Sunday, I'm in. Yeah. But you know what? I, I mean, even if college in. football happens, that's going to be the case. Because, you know, I'm not, uh, not, not covering a game anymore. So, but yeah, look, that, hey, that's fair. It's uh, I, I think either way, we're gonna have to put in some work during the week for the uh, for the weekends to yeah. watch that football. But you know, the other thing is, I feel like my weeks are gonna be less busy because, you know, the old game day setup was like three hour pregame show, and then you're off probably two hours before kickoff. So there's five hours before the game's even started, and then you have a three to four hour football game. And then you have an hour and a half to two hours after the game before your post-game show starts. And then post-game starts. So it becomes like a... I mean, it's a 10 to 12-hour day. Easy. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, you try to catch as much college football as you can during that time period. But it's hard to, to really watch and, and, you know, get informed on what teams look like throughout that period. So So my weeks ended up becoming you know, watching all the DVR games that I had on Saturday, watching everybody that I needed to watch over the week because my Saturday was basically spent on one team. So that, that'll that be probably the big difference is I'll have a lot more free time during the week. I'd like. It sounds like we all win in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> more free time during the week and more football on the weekends. Yeah, I'm in. How's the photography going? Uh, it's, it's going. I'm... Uh, I'm I'm in the middle of potentially relocating, so I'm kind of just seeing how it plays out. I uh, man, it, 
So obviously work situation changed at the beginning of the year. I I haven't been too sad about anything. Nothing's really bummed me out, but I I think about not being on the field and taking pictures. Yeah. Of the football at the football games and it really bums me out. That yeah. was like I loved like you said, we wrap up that post game or that pregame show, walk over to the stadium, kind of get set up, get my gear out and just get ready, you know, for the next four hours to be on the field and take pictures and feel the crowd and feel the game. And then, you know, the atmosphere, I, I, I need to get back on the field. I don't know what I'm going to do or where I'm going to be, but I need to get back at taking pictures of something, whether it's college high level college football division two. I don't care. I just, I yeah. want to get back out on the field and, and start taking some pictures. Other than that, Dude, it's just the Instagram kinda, photos are pretty sick. Thank you. I, uh, I'm trying. It's a, it's a process. How'd you like the uh, Cadillac ranch? It was, it was cool. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I love Amarillo, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) With all due respect to Amarillo, Texas. And, and look, I have family in that area. It's uh, it can be described as a shithole. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, like, uh, the Starbucks is nice, I guess. I stopped at a Golden Corral. You didn't go to the uh, Big Texan? No, I didn't have. To, I didn't go to the Big Texan. Okay. Um, but look, it was cool. I guess it was different. Yeah, it, it was like I, I'd always seen pictures of it and driven drove by it, but it was cool to stop. I guess it's a very unique thing. I guess yeah. it, you wouldn't expect it to be in the middle of Amarillo, right? You know, they do have uh, the, it is the home of arguably the best minor league baseball team name there is. Amarillo. Better than the uh, El Paso Chihuahuas are the uh, New Orleans baby cakes? The Amarillo Sod Poodles. Sod Poodles. Sod Poodles, really solid. Sod, that, look, I don't even know what a Sod Poodle is, like a dirt dog. (laughs) I mean, it's basically, yeah, like a groundhog or a. Something like that, yeah. Look, I appreciate that they could have just said groundhog, but they it was decided, sod poodle, you know yeah. what? Let's go sod poodle. Prairie dog, like prairie dog type thing. Right. Yeah. Could have went dirt dingo. Yeah. No, sod poodle. Sod poodle's a solid name. Yeah. That, man, there's so much. Like, I haven't talked sports in six months, and there's just so much stuff that I want to talk about. It's crazy. Like, minor league baseball. It, we don't have to get into it. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to make you keep me on your podcast. I like whatever it's your podcast. You can keep, you can tell me. To I, shut hey, up I'm, I'm, me I'm interested in your, your minor league baseball hot take. I, the, I just, the fact that there's no minor league baseball, like I get it. It's too much money. It's a, even when in a normal year, minor league baseball is just a pit hall, a pitfall of money that for these major league clubs, but I like I get why people don't like baseball. The way that Major League Baseball players come off and just the the arrogance and the lack of concern that they have for their peers, for fellow players that are in the minor league system, the way that they can just say, you know what, I you know, I spent three years in the minor leagues. I spent four years in the minor leagues. Yeah, it sucks. And ass. then they get and then they get to the major league level, they get their six years of experience, and there's literally no concern for the second baseman in Oklahoma city. That's making $80,000 a year or the, or the catcher in Corpus Christi that's making $40,000 a year. 
living in a one, crappy one bedroom apartment, just trying to feed himself and still be an elite baseball player and make it to the major leagues, which is incredibly difficult to do. They, they just have no concern for him whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, it makes the entire landscape of major league baseball unlikable. And I, they already have a tough image as it is to a casual viewer because it's boring to a lot of people unless you're an avid baseball fan it's boring and then you have rob manfred who's completely out of touch owners who are completely out of touch and even the players are completely out of touch with fellow players i like i love baseball i'm a diehard baseball fan but it's it's very difficult to root for baseball as a sport right now yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a diehard baseball fan as well. I When when I have friends say it's boring and, and I can't get into it, like, I, I get it. Like, I grew up playing baseball. I grew up as a baseball fan. So, for me, that's, you know, it, it just, that's what it is, and I have an appreciation for it. But if it's not something you grew up with, like, I get how you could watch it and be like, this is boring. Like, I it, it makes sense to me. It's the same thing with soccer, right? Like, there are soccer diehards, like yourself, that love it, I watch it and I'm like, God, this is just moving at a snail pace. And I just, I can't like, I need a little more to stimulate me. Uh, it, and it just doesn't give that to me with baseball, I guess, because I've always been around it. I have that, but I understand why people don't like it. They, I, I feel like there was a point in time where anybody associated with major league baseball probably got together and they just said, you know what? Let's just turn people off of this sport as much as we possibly can. And at every fork in the road, let's go the wrong way and just see how many people will still stick with us through all this. It, it, it's, it makes me nauseous because <laughs> I, like, I remember going to my first baseball game, my first Astros game in 1998. Like, I'm only 28, so that was – I was seven. So I've spent the last 22 years as a diehard baseball fan – we talked about it on our show, our old show, countless times. Like, I love opening day. Like, opening day was a day that I would stay home from school. Or, like, if I had a job, a, a, you know, a, a nine-to-five job, I'm calling in sick that day to stay home and watch baseball. I don't even care if it's the Astros. I'll watch the Marlins and the Rays play on opening day because I love baseball. And like you said, it's just every fork in the road, they make the wrong decision. And I just wish that they would stop pandering to new fans and just – realize they're never going to catch the NBA or NFL at this point. They need they're to not even pandering to new fans because if they were doing that, they would have taken advantage of having the spotlight while everything is right. shut down and they couldn't even figure that out. You're right. They're not, they, they're, they're not even, they're trying to pander to new fans, but they're doing it so wrong. They're just completely, they're, they're trying to do something in right field when they need to be in left field, so to speak. And it's, it's frustrating and just pick a lane either be the sport for diehard fans like the nhl is i don't think the nhl at any point is saying you know what we need more fans we need to get bring in new hordes of new fans they're just happy like they're fine being the fourth sport or being the third sport and just being to a, in a lot of areas they're just a niche sport but they're fine with it they're not doing crazy stupid stuff to bring in casual viewers they are fine with just their hardcore hockey fans. And I wish baseball would just realize that it's not 1970 and they're not number one anymore. The night it's not 1945. They're not number one anymore. They're way behind the other two sports of basketball and football. Yeah. They can't even promote their superstars to the fans they have. So it's, it's crazy to me. They, they just seemingly take the wrong turn 
at every fork in the road. It's right. mind blowing. It's crazy. There's it's a, a sport where you can see the player's face every single second yeah. that they're on camera. Yeah. Cannot promote their stars better than a sport where you can't see their faces the entire game. Unless if Mike not Trout is walking around in every major city in this country, most people probably aren't even going to know who the hell he is. And this guy has a no. chance to be one of the, you know, the top five players of all time in the history of the game. Which part of it's on Mike Trout. I will say that. Like he's, he doesn't well, sure, want to be he's marketed, not a, he's but... not a big personality, but I mean, he, his face should be everywhere. Should be. If, if yeah. you're major league baseball. Hell, name a baseball player that no, that a casual fan would recognize on the street anyway. Yeah, that's if that's I true. saw Bryce Harper on the street, I'm not 100 percent confident that I could say that for sure is Bryce Harper. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, I, and like we, I've said a hundred times, I love baseball. I mean, maybe I Aaron Judge, just because he I, he looks like Sid from Toy Story. Yeah, Aaron Judge and Jose Altuve are probably the two guys <laughs> I can pick out of a crowd. <laughs> Well, you're not picking Jose Altuve out of a crowd because you're not going to see him in the crowd. A crowd of preschoolers. I could probably <laughs> okay, pick fair out enough. Of. Fair enough. I'll, I'll look for the uh, I'll look for the buzzer on his chest. Yeah, just be like everybody, quiet down, quiet down. Listen really close. I'll, I'll bang a trash can, and if he looks, I know it's him. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's that's solid. I like that. All right, my friend. Um, let me know what you're. Uh, let me know what you're doing as far as the the moving thing goes, and uh, if you're if you're hanging around for a while, let's do this again. Yeah, for sure, it was fun. Uh, glad to talk sports with somebody. It was it's a good time. Thanks for uh, really appreciate you having me on. For sure, man. Miss you, buddy. All right, miss you too, man. Let's keep right. in touch. Take care, bud. All right, see you. Aaron Davis on the Colby Daniels podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for checking out the podcast. As always, I'm going to beg you, please, please, please. Subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. You guys are very appreciated. Everybody that's reached out to me over the last couple weeks, it's been awesome, and uh, I can't thank you guys enough. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can do so at Colby underscore Daniels. You can find me on Instagram, Colby.Daniels. Don't hesitate to reach out. Always love hearing from you guys. Episode 7 in the books. This is the Colby Daniels podcast. You guys stay safe, and I will talk to you Friday. Friday.